You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. And I am your host, Casey Corbin. Thank you for joining us on the pod. And where are we this week? Well, you know where we are. We are on the road to WrestleMania. We are in volume three of the limited series of the road to WrestleMania, courtesy of TNW Pod. But before we get that, before we get that, before we get it, before we get at it, you know what we got to do. Hit us up on the social medias at TNWPod on Twitter. On Instagram, we are Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Uh, talking Wrestling at gmail.com. Talking Wrestling on Facebook. Talking Wrestling on Spotify. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Put us in a list. Do something on there. Uh, we're probably on Apple Music too. Check us out. Talking Wrestling there. And on iTunes, of course. Rate, review, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, favorable review, and we'll send you a postcard from 1983 of a wrestler of your choice, depending on the wrestlers that are available at the time. Um, Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. iTunes, yeah. So that's where we are, and uh, right now we're on the road to WrestleMania. This is volume three of the exclusive limited TNW pod of us covering uh, WrestleMania's on the road to WrestleMania. And uh, last week we finished off with WrestleMania 6. And right now we're in WrestleMania 7. Currently watching a match out of it right now as I talk to you, the people. And let me tell you, WrestleMania 7 compared to 6 and 5, not a good WrestleMania. Uh, originally supposed to be at the Coliseum. Uh, moved indoors because of uh, low attendance numbers and low ticket sales, but they said uh, maybe terrorist threats uh, because Sergeant Slaughter was getting terrorist threats against on his life uh, for being a uh, a bad guy, you know. And it was a lot of heat on this due to the Gulf War, and uh, Sergeant Slaughter was an Iraqi sympathizer. So the main event is Sergeant Slaughter versus Hulk Hogan, and. Uh, is it as good as Hogan and Warrior? No. Is it as good as Hogan and Andre? No. Is it as good as Hogan and uh, Macho Man? No. Is it as good as Hogan and Mr. T versus Piper and Orndorff? Maybe. But that didn't make the list. I don't believe it. Be- oh, it did because it's first WrestleMania. But the- I don't think that Hogan's going to make the list on this WrestleMania's top two matches. Let's run down the matches and see which one's the best. I know which one's the best because I've already decided. All right, dark match. We don't even care. It's Coco Beware, the Brooklyn Brawler. Beware of a stinko match. Go, go to the washroom and get your get your foam finger and sit down. Oh, the Rockers, Marty and Janetti. Marty and Janetti. That's Marty on a two-day hangover. Uh, sweet Sean and, and uh, Mr. Marty against the Barbarian and Haku. Uh, you know, in a tag team match, that's your first match. 
Texas Tornado versus Dino Bravo, uh, British Bulldog versus The Warlord, The Nasty Boys versus The Hard Foundation. Not a bad match for the world title. The only thing I don't like about it is The Hard Foundation comes up short, and uh, I don't think that should happen. Oh, one of the greatest WrestleMania matches ever. Not. Yes, I just did that. Jake Roberts versus Rick Martel in a blindfold match. <laughs> you don't bother watching this match because they didn't bother watching you. So uh, next match, Undertaker starts his streak defeating a washed-up Jimmy Snuka. Well, we thought he was washed up at the time. Turns out 20 years later, we would eventually think he was washed up then. Or, well, I would say now, but he's not around any longer, luckily, or he'd be in jail. Um, they have a singles match, which starts the Undertaker streak. So that is a notable match, but not in the best matches. Uh, we also have uh, Tenru and uh, Kiato versus Demolition, Crush and Smash. Uh, yeah. Earthquake versus Valentine. Okay. Legion of Doom versus Power and Glory. Oh, please. Uh, Virgil versus Ted DiBiase. Shouldn't even be a match. Mountie versus Tito Santana. Okay. These matches are garbage. But the two that stand out the most are, number one, Ultimate Warrior defeats Randy Savage with Queen Sherry in a retirement match. And this might be one of Warrior's best matches ever. He's thoroughly entertaining. When they both enter the ring... You think it's uh, going to be a battle for the tassels because Macho's decked out in tassels. Warrior's decked out in tassels. Sherry's got tassels on her nipples. There's tassels everywhere in this match, and it's ridiculous. You see more tassels than on uh, three 10-year-olds, bicycles, handlebars, streamers. There's tassels everywhere, and uh, it's ridiculous. However, it's a great match. And uh, remember last episode where I talked about Macho Man having the great match that reunited him and Elizabeth? Yeah, that didn't happen at WrestleMania 6. That happened at WrestleMania 7, and I fucked up. So it was WrestleMania 7 where Sherry uh, turns on Macho. She kicks the shit out of him after he loses the match to the Warrior. And, uh, and then all of a sudden Elizabeth comes down. And saves Macho Man from the beating that Sherry's taking. And we are given a moment of tears of joy by fans from all around the world as Macho Man and Elizabeth are back together uh, into their doomed relationship that was doomed from the get-go. But hey, it was a happy ending in WWF storylines. Um, the Warrior cannot believe what's going on you know, because he cannot pin Macho, but, you know, whatever. Anyways, that's the best match on the card. Um, Runner-up, I'm going to say right now, Big Boss Man defeats Mr. Perfect by disqualification for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, good match, good running time, 10 minutes and 46 seconds, which is kind of long for WrestleMania. But, uh, you know, this Mania has two matches going over 20 minutes, which is unheard of in these early WrestleMania days. Uh, Boss Man and Perfect are one, two of my favorite guys from this era. When I played WWF Superstars in the arcade, I always chose them as the tag team because of the Boss Man Slam and the Perfect Plex were two great finishers. You know, try to get through Demolition to get to the Road Warriors to uh, win the whole match, which is funny because 
Demolition was always considered to be better by than the Road Warriors in the WWE, yet the Road Warriors were the final match of WWF Superstars video game. There's something to think about. Um, yeah, so that is WrestleMania 7 in a nutshell. And uh, yeah, Savage, Warrior, and Boss Man and Perfect are the best matches. So uh, why don't you go to the fridge, grab a beer, and uh, I'm going to send my Wikipedia page to WrestleMania 8 and get set up for that review. Oh, boy, WrestleMania 8. Wee! Here we go. At the, at, the, at the turn of a thumbprint. At the turn of a thumbprint, Lanny Poffel would say. A thumbprint of polka dots is something that's gay. However, there's nothing wrong with being gay in the WWF. Once we get the F out, then we got to agree with the ref. Okay, I'm trying to improvise a Lanny Poffo poem for you while I'm wasting time to get to WrestleMania 8. WrestleMania 8 was supposed to be the WrestleMania. It was supposed to finally, after all the wait, after all the years, Hogan versus Flair. That is what we're going to get. And that's where it was headed. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what, but they had a press conference where they were announcing who they were fighting. And for some reason, Flair ended up wrestling Macho Man for the title. And Hogan ends up wrestling Sid Vicious. And what the fuck is going on? Didn't Macho Man lose a retirement match at the previous WrestleMania? How was he in contention for Ric Flair's match? Of course, we know how that happened. Uh, Ric Flair, you know, pretty much lured him out of retirement. And, uh, you know, basically by running one of the best pre-storylines like to a match where uh, he was banging Elizabeth before... Macho Man, like the whole story was before she was yours, she was mine. And he had pictures to prove it. And uh, Ric Flair is a very famous womanizer. So who's to doubt this? Who's to doubt this? So they would wrestle at WrestleMania 7, uh, having a match. And Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan uh, said they were going to put pictures on the big screen during the match that would incriminate Elizabeth, far beyond any of the other pitchers had at that point, which was Ric Flair feeding her grapes or vice versa, them poolside, things like that. So, but now he was promising maybe a topless picture of Liz. Who would want to see that? Um, so that's where we're going. Look at that. The Ultimate Warrior celebrating his win. In his tasseled up jacket, in his tasseled up boots, and Macho Man lying in the middle of the ring as Ultimario stands above him again. And uh, Sherry, Sherry uh, not too excited about this. Oh, well. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Sherry, it's too late. We're in WrestleMania 8. Now, WrestleMania 8 was in the Hooser Dome. Uh, so, obviously, the card was better than the last one. And here's we'll give the rundown the card, uh, minus the two greatest matches. Uh, the Bushwhackers defeated the Beverly Brothers. 
there's a match that uh, has way too many B's in it. Bushwhacker Butch, Bushwhacker Lutz, Beverly Brothers, Be- Bo Beverly, and Blake Beverly. Too many B's. The only thing missing from that match would be the Killer B's. That's it. Uh, then we had uh, Shawn Michaels. Oh, that was the dark match. We didn't even see that match. Oh, jeepers. Jeepers. Uh, yeah, WrestleMania 7, and we're at. Here we are. Uh, Shawn Michaels against Tito Santana. That was a solid singles match. And, of course, Undertaker uh, defeats Jake Roberts. So this was the first match of the streak that actually meant something because Superfly was a little washed up previous WrestleMania, but Jake Roberts was still, you know, still running hot at this point with The Undertaker, and the buildup was pretty good as uh, The Undertaker had snake problems in his coffins and uh, would lead to this match. Um... Big Boss Man, Jim Duggan, Slaughter, and Virgil defeat the Mountie and the Nasty Boys and the Repo Man with Jimmy Hart. Oh, boy, in an eight-man tag team match for no reason, just to have an eight-man tag team match. Uh, Hulk Hogan defeated uh, Sid Justice. For some reason, they put this on sticks, but this match was the last match. So, so but anyways, the, the sixth match was Randy Savage versus Ric Flair, uh, which I've already talked about that. That is the greatest match of this WrestleMania. However, it is debatable because there's another match that's really close to it. Um, Tatanka defeated Rick Martel. Uh, the Natural Disasters defeated Money, Inc. Uh, by countout. Owen Hart defeated Skinner. There you go. That's the match you wanted to see. And uh, Randy Savage defeated Rick Flair and ended up with Miss Elizabeth in the end as Rick Flair... Took off with perfect. Wait. Yes. Took off with perfect and cut the, one of the greatest promos ever. Um, the matches we're going to focus on here are uh, Randy Savage's world title uh, match against Ric Flair uh, with perfect in the corner. And, uh, and we're going to talk about Bret Hart defeating Roddy Piper for the Intercontinental title. So it's great to see that at this WrestleMania, the two title matches are the two matches that matter that matter uh, the most. And as I'm saying this right now, it's getting really intense in the ring because Macho's in the ring, Elizabeth's in the ring, and Macho's come to realize that Elizabeth just kicked the shit out of Sherry to save him from being beaten up even worse. And they embrace. And the crowd is cheering Donald Trump is in the front row President Donald Trump and he is not reacting at all actually he's got up and walked away during a moment like this who does that the goddamn president this is a beautiful moment Elizabeth is wearing a shirt covered in stars Macho Man is now wearing Elizabeth on his shoulder. And there's a guy in a Macho Man outfit that looks like he's got Down Syndrome. And he looks like he's the happiest person in the building. So, folks, take a second to ponder that as I take a second to change WrestleManias. As far as WrestleMania 8 goes, um, I've always liked the way it was photographed. Like in the daytime matches, how you would see the the uh, the blue whitish the whitish blue of the Huger Dome, 
and uh, the Brett Roddy match is a perfect match. Uh, again, this is another retirement match, perhaps for Roddy Piper. Uh, Roddy Piper is going into the going into this match as the Intercontinental Champion. It is the only title that he's ever had and held in his history of the WWE at that time. Yet, in the 17 years that he's been involved with the WWE, uh, he had never been pinned to the mat. So, this is quite a groundbreaking match as um, both of these guys are fan favorites and uh, going into the match. And this is easily... Uh, Roddy Piper is probably his best WrestleMania match, and I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna say, I will say this is Roddy Piper's greatest match ever, because number one, he's he's fantastic in it. He looks fantastic. He looks like he's all business, and um, he's just so damn good in this match and so damn believable, yet so generous. The fact that you know he decides the first time he's gonna get pinned. It's going to be by Bret Hart because he felt Bret Hart needed a push, needed a little bit of a rub. And uh, Piper, by doing so, you know, put Bret at a different level, which means by the next WrestleMania, you know, Bret could, was world championship, was world championship material and headlining the next WrestleMania. However, the next WrestleMania is garbage, and uh, we'll discuss that in a bit. But this is a great match, and it runs 13 minutes and 51 seconds. And, uh, you know, at the end, it looks like Piper has Brett in the sleeper. Brett runs up the turnbuckles, pushes himself off, does sort of a back monkey flip type thing, and ends up still in the sleeper, but ends up eh, with Piper in a pinning predicament uh, and gets the 1-2-3, which makes them both look good, both come out strong, and... Uh, you know, the rule is, is if you're going to retire, you go out on your back. And it was great for Piper to do that. Although, this would not be the last match from Roddy Piper. Brett's a hell of a wrestler. And uh, so many great parts of this match. And, uh, you know, I might be distracted as uh, I talk about the next few things. But, uh, you know, this match is that distracting. Um, but the best match on the whole card is Randy Savage against uh, Ric Flair. Like I said, the setup was perfect. Uh, the, the interview afterwards is amazing. Um, where Owen Hart, I mean, Owen Hart, where Ric Flair says so many things, you know, perfect's like uh, pointing out that Savage pulled a handful of tights. He cheated to win. And man, Bobby Heenan's saying the, the handful of tights and they're keeping Ric Flair strong by focusing on the fact that Savage did cheat to win the title. But at the same time, as they're going on about that, Ric Flair is silent with a serious look on his face. And he just says, you know, a couple great lines. One of them is, uh, one time means nothing in my career which is fantastic because most WWE fans aren't familiar with Ric Flair. Ric Flair is clear. Like, Ric Flair is not unbeatable. He's not Hulk Hogan. He's beatable. But the fact is, is if you take Ric Flair's title away, 
he's going to chase you till he gets it back. I remember I used to have a wrestling magazine. And when Steamboat won the title, it said, uh, enjoy the belt now, Rick, uh, because, Rick Steamboat, because in 68 days, Ric Flair will win the title back. And then the whole article was about how Ric Flair uh, was deadlier chasing the title than he was holding the title. Whenever he chased the title, like, if he lost the belt, he would win it back very quickly, very quickly. And, you know, that's how you become a 17-time world champion. You know, you lose the belt a lot, but you get it back a lot. You know, and uh, that's the great thing about Flair. And Flair is outstanding in that interview afterwards. And, uh, you know, considering that this was a match that Vince McMahon one time saw and went out and stopped it and pulled them back and then made them go out and do the match again. Uh, you heard horror stories about how the Macho Man and Flair could not gel together. And then wherever, I don't know what they did, but by WrestleMania time, they figured shit out, and it's the best match, and possibly even one of my favorite Flair matches of all time. Definitely my favorite Flair match of his WWF career, maybe with the exception of Flair versus Undertaker. Or no, Flair versus Shawn Michaels. Well, both of them are great storylines. So there's what we have for that. Uh, Ric Flair, Randy Savage, Bret Hart, Roddy Piper. So, you know, that's where we're going from there. Um, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Uh, as we go into WrestleMania 8, uh, which you will quickly realize once I go down this card that there's nothing to talk about at WrestleMania 8. WrestleMania 8 is one of the worst WrestleManias ever. It's the one in Vegas where, you know, if you were sitting there, you might have to wait 20 minutes while Bobby Heenan comes out on an elephant for a two-minute gag. I can't imagine it being fun. Uh, The storylines leading up to the matches were not that great. And the event itself was a bit of a letdown. Um, you know, they go through these these matches and just like, you know, like, oh, Tito Santana defeated Papa Shango. That was a singles match. And let me tell you, speaking of Papa Shango, oh, wait, wait, let's go back to the WrestleMania 7 or what we were on, 7, 8, 7. Um, at the end of the Hogan match, the end of the Hogan match, Sid match, uh, Papa Shango does a run-in. And Papa Shango runs in, and him and Sid are beating Hogan down, which always excited me because I was a big Papa Shango fan. I, you know, I thought Papa Shango was great. I could not wait to see Papa Shango eventually wrestle The Undertaker. Uh, and I thought Papa Shango and Hogan matches up as money in the bank however that's not the way it went because as papa shango came out to attack them with came out to attack hogan um all of a sudden hogan was saved by cue the music the ultimate warrior the tassel man himself is 
and this is the funny thing is, the Ultimate Warrior was not in the WWE at that point. So let's go back a year to WrestleMania. And we're just talking about Savage versus Warrior in a retirement match. Savage lost the match. He had to retire. But a year later at WrestleMania, Savage is holding the title. The world is wrestling for the world title and wins it. Meanwhile, the Ultimate Warrior is making a comeback into the WWE after disappearing for about six months. And not only that was the comeback uh, exciting, but the Ultimate Warrior, number one, had a haircut that did not make him look like the Ultimate Warrior. And he looked like he lost about 40 pounds in size. He looked like he was like, a, you know, a lesser lightweight version of the Ultimate Warrior. Some might even say that it wasn't even the real Ultimate Warrior. So anyway, I thought when they get in the ring, you know, it's going to be great. But when they got in the ring, I guess the uh, Warrior took care of Shango. Hogan took care of Sid, and that was that. And we never really got a Hogan-Papa Shango feud. I don't even remember that. But, of course, we do remember uh, the feud between Papa Shango and the Ultimate Warrior because we all know as the Ultimate Warrior, Papa Shango put a curse on him, and, uh, you know, he never shook that curse because years later, after Monday Night Raw, the Ultimate Warrior would go to walk to his car and once again Papa Shango curse would hit him and causing him to have a heart attack and pass away. Now those are only what some people say. Those aren't the actual, you know, I don't think it's 100% true, but I'm just saying some people say that happened. So, you know, I'm midway through this Piper-Bret Hart match now as I watch it, as I talk to you. Bret Hart is busted wide open. And uh, it's been a long time since you've seen color in the WWE at this point. WWE had a no-color rule. And uh, Bret's face is busted wide open. Uh, you know, and him and Piper are still having one fucking hell of a match. So, isn't that funny? WrestleMania 8, Warrior... Comeback, Savage, already there. It's just interesting the way the way wrestling works and the way it goes. Um, Tatanka was the first match with Shawn Michaels. That's actually a decent match. For the first match, to give 18 minutes to the first match, uh, meant uh, you were starting to see the WWE invest their time and money in Shawn Michaels. This is where it started, the push. Well, actually, it started at a barber shop, but you get what I'm talking about. The Steiners defeated the Head Shrinkers, a uh, match that I've seen in WCW many times when the Samoan SWAT team was wrestling the Steiners. Uh, you know, loved it. This was an okay match, but again, on a card that's dunk, P.U. Doink the Clown versus Crush. Not even the right doink. It's Skinner. Uh, Razor Ramon versus Bob Backlund. That's not a match. Come on. Money Inc. versus the Mega Maniacs. Of course, Hogan's face was all busted up due to uh, a, a jet ski accident. Brutus Beefcake's face all busted up during to, due to a parasailing accident. I just say these guys should stay off the water. And uh, Jimmy Hart was their manager with Hogan from that point on and ever since. 
And uh, the Mega Maniacs won by disqualification. No, no, they lost to Money Inc., who defeated the Mega Maniacs by disqualification. Uh, next, we had the Narcissist, Lex Luger versus Mr. Perfect, a match that should be great, however, was not. Uh, Undertaker against the Giant Gonzalez in the most ridiculously looking outfit you could ever imagine uh, what they made him dress in on. Bret Hart is the world champion, as I called it at this time. The The Piper match from WrestleMania uh, 7 uh, shot him into as the uh, Intercontinental title and kind of shot him up to that next level. Uh, that Intercontinental title, I believe the next summer, would be defended at SummerSlam. And uh, come SummerSlam... That was one of the best matches Brett had ever had was against Davy Boy Smith, who is to be going into the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, hopefully, I think he is. I think they announced that. I hope so, because who doesn't love the hearts at the Hall of Fame? That's something we'd like to see. Um, but uh, Brett would lose that title to Davy Boy Smith and then go on to win the title from Flair. And then, you know, by this time next year, he would have the world title. And... Uh, this is a match where Hogan kind of fucks him, you know, because, like, Yokozuna defeats Brett and then challenges anyone to wrestle, and Hogan comes down, and then Brett's like, go on, go on, and then Hogan gets in the ring and beats Yokozuna in 22 seconds. You know, Brett just wrestled 10 minutes with the guy, you know, half his size trying to move this guy around, and then Hogan comes in, scoops the victory, Scoops the mania and leads with Hulkamania. This was the last of Hulkamania. This was it. This was the last hurrah. And you know what? It was kind of stale by this point. And although Hogan had so many great matches of the early WrestleManias, it was appearing to be that Hogan uh, would be stale and would not have a great match at WrestleMania for a long, long time to come. However... There it was still greatness in the Hulkster, so that brings us through WrestleMania eight, I do believe. Yeah, eight or no? Where where are we at? We're at nine. WrestleMania nine. Yeah, we're at WrestleMania nine. This is the one I'm talking about. So again, let's revert. Let's go back. WrestleMania seven. L.A. Coliseum. Not the Coliseum, moved indoors, L.A. Civic Center. Then, WrestleMania uh, 8, Indianapolis Hoosier Dome. Piper's going to hit him with the belt. Oh, no, don't hit Brett with the belt, Piper. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, WrestleMania 9, we just went through the card, was at the Caesars Palace. And this brings us into WrestleMania 10. So WrestleMania 10, the 10th anniversary, they're going back to where it all began. They're going back to uh, Madison Square Garden. And uh, WrestleMania 10 is a fantastic WrestleMania. And they had to deliver because WrestleMania 9 was such a stinker. Uh, anything WrestleMania 10 could do would be, would be better. Uh, so let's take a look at the card for WrestleMania 10. And, uh, well, you don't even have to look at the card 
to know what the two best matches are at WrestleMania 10 because everybody knows if what the two best matches at WrestleMania 10 are. The, there's only two matches worthy even talking about being the best match of WrestleMania 10. And there are two types of wrestling fans. There are the types of wrestling fans that like one match, and then there are types of wrestling fans that like the other match. And then there are people that like both matches, but usually have a favorite match of the two. So I'm just going to say the matches right now, the two greatest matches at WrestleMania 10, and which one's better? It's debatable. It's debatable. So here we go. The first, okay. The first, the best, okay, are the two greatest matches at WrestleMania 10. The first one is was the first match. Owen Hart defeated Bret Hart in a singles match. 20 minutes, 21 seconds of, of wrestling perfection, storyline. When I say perfection, I mean perfection and excellence of execution. I mean professional, the, 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 the perfection in storyline achievement. And just a story of a brother versus a brother in the biggest match of their lives on the biggest card of their lives and they're setting the Wrestlemania off and they do it they have a perfect match with each other no gimmicks needed just one brother wrestling another and Owen Hart defeats his brother Brett which nobody could see coming except for Owen and uh this might be Owen's greatest match of all time. And it's arguably one of Bret Hart's greatest matches of all time. So we're going to come back to that match in a second. Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna defeated Dink and Doink the Clown. Yeah, it's not getting better. Uh, Randy Savage defeated Crush with Mr. Fuji. Okay, uh, that match was all right. It went all over the place. Um, including into the theater at Madison Square Garden. And uh, back into the arena. Um, Alunder Blaze defeated Leilani Kai for the women's title. Uh, Men on a Mission, Mabel and Moe with Oscar defeated the Quebecers. Uh, uh, Quebecer Jacques and Quebecer Pierre. Hey, whatever happened to Quebecer Pierre? What do you think ever became of that guy? Is he still wrestling? He can't be wrestling. Fucking WrestleMania 10 was in. What year was WrestleMania 10? And you would tell me that, Quebec, that Quebecer Pierre is still wrestling? Of course he's still wrestling. He's PCO, for those of you who don't know. And uh, WrestleMania 10 was in 1994. So you do the math. Uh, <laughs> my God, it's uh, 26 years later. And PCO is uh, one of the top draws in Ring of Honor. Isn't that incredible? That a guy is still wrestling 26 years later. And how long had he been wrestling up to that point? Crazy. Um, we go down the match more. Yokozuna defeated Lex Luger by disqualification. Now, what happened was... Um, uh, yeah, so there was kind of like a... Uh, uh, Kind of like a, a thing where uh, it was like a tournament between uh, uh, between Bret Hart and Lex Luger. 
because they both won the Royal Rumble together. So um, they both have two matches. And, uh, and yeah, and that was that. So, anyway, um, Yokozuna uh, defeated Lex Luger uh, by disqualification. And then Yokozuna, so, and then, uh, and then Earthquake defeated Adam Bomb. Uh, Razor Ramon defeated Shawn Michaels with Diesel in a ladder match for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. And Bret Hart defeated Yokozuna with uh, Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette um, as Roddy Piper as the special guest referee. So it's funny how Roddy Piper, who lost the IC title, now is the special guest referee. And Bret Hart, who lost the title to Yokozuna last year, this year wins the title. So Bret Hart, who starts the WrestleMania off as losing to his brother, finishes WrestleMania by beating Bret Hart. I mean, by beating Yokozuna, uh, you know, is quite the storyline. And as everybody, all the faces uh, from the face dressing room, all the good guys are celebrating Bret's win, uh, there's Owen in the background with... Uh, you know, some spit in his corner of his mouth, cutting a promo. My brother Brett, I brother Brett, I hate my brother Brett. And uh, this would start a Brett Owen feud that would go on for quite some time. And uh, was always grateful for the Owen Brett feud. Now, the argument comes down to what is the better match? Did Brett and Owen have the better match than Razor and Sean? So. Most people would say, and Razor and Sean, they were the first people to do a ladder match in the WWE, or so you thought. The WWE actually had a ladder match before where Brett told Shawn Michaels about the ladder match in Ottawa, and Vince said, why don't you just go out and do one? So they got a ladder, and they went out and did it. It's on uh, Tragedy and Triumph, the Shawn Michaels box set. You can check it out. I remember it vividly because I was there live. And it was a great match. And uh, so when I saw the ladder match at WrestleMania, I'd already knew they did it with Brett. And it was Brett that basically showed Sean how to do the ladder match. And then, you know, so Sean and Razor go in and they wrestle it up. And they have what might be the best match of the card that night. Probably the match that the show stealer but however when you compare the two matches you know um one match is just two wrestlers no gimmicks perfection and execution and perfection and storyline and then the other one is two wrestlers with a gimmick with a heater uh with a storyline and um you know like you think it was just two guys in the match, but Diesel was involved in the match. The latter was a fucking star of that match too. But however, that match was so good, uh, by SummerSlam time, they would have the sequel to that match, which is actually better than the original ladder match. I don't think you could get a better Brett Owen match. Or maybe you could in the steel cage. But as far as pure match, no gimmick goes, not a better match than Brett and Owen. Uh, I'm the type of person that I'm a Brett and Owen guy. That's the best match at WrestleMania 10. Uh, who are you? 
do you define yourself as a wrestling fan under the Brett and uh, Owen match? Or do you think the latter match between the Click members are the best? It's basically, who are you, who do you identify with? Are you a member of the Hart Foundation or are you a member of the Click? Regardless of the answer, it's all fantastic wrestling and it's all too sweet. Now, with that said, um, I think that's a good time to wrap up the show. We just motored through WrestleMania 7, 8, 9, and 10. Um, next week, will it be the road to WrestleMania? Yes, it will be the road to WrestleMania. But however, oh no, it'll be the road to WrestleMania Volume 4. Uh, this is Volume 3, the road to WrestleMania, covering WrestleMania's 7 through 10. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for letting us put a headlock on your on your on your ear no what is it thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears for a little bit and thank you for joining us this week on never sleep blackworks talking wrestling until next week i'm casey corbin and keep watching wrestling later Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.